Good morning and welcome to Pinion Hills Community Church Online. My name is Matt Mizell and it's great to have you here with us today. We've been in this series over the last couple of weeks called This Too Shall Pass. And even though I'm guessing most people watching right now are tired of this pandemic, what I'm hoping that doesn't stop when this whole pandemic does pass is all the stories that I've been hearing over the last six to seven weeks. I've heard so many stories of compassion and love and comfort that people have been giving to other people. Just a couple of weeks ago, I heard a story from some of our friends that were having an anniversary, but of course they couldn't go anywhere because of all the restaurants. They're all closed. There's nowhere they could go on a date. So their daughter, Haley, decided to make a date at home in honor of her parents' anniversary. Look at this picture. Haley set the table. She set the environment. She set the mood. She made the food. She was even the waitress for her mom and dad in honor of their anniversary. Haley, good job to you. I'm proud of you. How cool is that? In fact, if you happen to be a kid that's watching right now and your mom and dad are quarantined together, I would encourage you to perhaps make the date for them. They probably haven't been out on a date in a while, so maybe you can make a date. Even if you don't know how to make food, pour a bowl of cereal for them. Set the table real nice for them. Maybe perhaps light a candle because it's important for parents to have a date together. So kids, make a date and maybe maybe even take a picture of the date that you make for them and post it online with the hashtag of make the date challenge so we can see what you've done for your parents. Haley, good job to you for leading by example. There's other things that people are doing to show comfort to others during this time as well. For example, our youth pastor, Von Craver felt bad for all the high school students who weren't able to go to a prom this year. So he's decided to throw an online prom tonight and to give you more information as far as what to expect from our online PHSM prom. Here's Von Craver. Hey guys, Von here. I want to let you know about what is happening Sunday, May 17th. That's tonight. We're going to be having a virtual prom. We're making history, guys. I'm telling you what. Here's how we're doing virtual prom. All you got to do is message us to get a free ticket on our Facebook at Pinion Hills Student Ministry or our Instagram at Pinion Hills SM. You message us, we'll send you a free ticket, and here's what you do. You'll receive a Zoom link. You'll just access that link at 8 o'clock p.m. We're going to have Albuquerque's very own DJ, Cool Gray J. He did an awesome prom for the students in Albuquerque, so we're bringing it to the four corners. We don't want your high school students to miss out. It is going to be for fresh for sophomore, for juniors and seniors. So it's not just for juniors and seniors this time. We're opening up to all high school and all high schools. All right. So make sure not to miss out 8 o'clock p.m. after our PHSM live at 6.30 p.m., which will be on YouTube. Make sure to catch that. We'll see you guys very soon. That's awesome. And I think it's going to be a blast tonight. Thank you, Vaughn, for putting that on. You don't have to even attend Pinion Hills to be able to come to this prom. So if you go to another church, if you don't go to church at all, you can still go and participate. So if you happen to know a high school student who didn't get to go to a prom, perhaps tag them on this live stream right now and ask the question, are you going to prom tonight? And if you happen to be a high school student, perhaps tag all of your friends on this live stream and ask them, hey, will you go to prom with me? <laughs> you could ask 30 or 40 people to join you with prom. You don't got to go with one person because it's all online anyways but I'm thankful and I'm excited for people who are willing to come alongside high school students during this time to show comfort as well. There's so many things that people are doing in our community from parades for birthdays to online graduation parties to restaurant owners throughout the country who are trying to reopen for business yet at the same time being respectful of those who are concerned about their health. Look at this picture. This restaurant owner decided to put shower curtains in between each one of the tables to not only be able to open up for business but also have social distancing while people are enjoying their meals. Here's another picture from another restaurant owner. They're putting pool noodles on hats on top of people's heads so they can make sure that people are six feet apart 
apart while they're eating at this particular restaurant. Not gonna lie, I'd be interested in going to that restaurant just for the sake of wearing the hat. I think it's great that people are trying to be intentional about comforting other people during this time because that's what God calls us to do. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God wants to comfort us during all of our troubles and wants us to comfort others during any of their troubles. Now let's be honest, it's really difficult to comfort other people during their troubles when we still have troubles of our own, right? Look, I get it. We're all sick of COVID-19. We're sick of this pandemic. We're sick of the social distancing. Some of you just want to hug. Some of you just want to high five. Some of you just want to hang out and be around each other again. I get it. It's exhausting. And most people are getting fed up with this pandemic. But just because we're fed up and just because we're frustrated and just because we're tired doesn't mean that we get a pass on doing what God has called us and expects us to do. In other words, what I'm asking you to do is that even though you might be over all of this, what I'm asking for you is to persevere. Now, what does it mean to persevere? Well, the definition of perseverance is this. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty. Now, isn't that what we all need right now? Don't we all need to be persistent in loving other people, even though it's hard? Don't we all need to be persistent in showing grace to other people even when they're not giving grace to us back? Don't we all need to be persistent in comforting other people even though we might be lacking in comfort ourselves? We need to be consistent. Look what James says in James 1, 2 through 3. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Now, this is interesting to me because he says, consider your trials pure joy because those trials lead to perseverance. God so wants you to have perseverance that he's willing to allow you to go through trials and tribulations and pandemics so you can earn and get perseverance, get perseverance. Perseverance is a big deal to God. Perseverance is a big deal to God. James continues on in verse four. He says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, James is implying that if you don't have perseverance, you're immature, incomplete, and you're lacking in life. Now, I'm not going to lie. Perhaps there are moments when I am immature. Now, I could blame it on my kids because I have three little kids at home, but more than likely, it's just that I'm not complete yet. For example, I think this video is really funny. Check it out. Every time I come to it, I gotta set it, then I gotta go in, then I gotta get it, then I gotta blow it, then I gotta shut it. Any little thing I did it, then be doing, cause it doesn't matter, cause I'm gonna do it, then I'm gonna murder everything and anything about it, boom, about it, I gotta do a lot of things to make it clear, I do a couple items that I always win, and then I gotta get it again and again and again. <laughs> I think that video is so funny. Now, if you're not laughing right now, then maybe you have a whole lot more maturity and maybe you're complete right now, but maybe I need more perseverance than you do. But James is making the point, hey, when you have perseverance, it leads to maturity and completion and that you will lack nothing. Look at what else James says in James 1.12. He says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, there are two things that stand out to me from this verse. Number one, whoever perseveres under trial will be blessed. 
Let me say that again. If you persevere under trial, then friend, you will be blessed. Who doesn't want to be blessed by God? Of course you want to be blessed by God. But there's a second thing that stands out to me from James 1.12, which is this. You will receive the crown of life. Now you might be thinking, what is the crown of life? What is he referring to? Well, what he's referring to is a reward that somebody gets when they are victorious. Remember four years ago when Michael Phelps won all the awards as a swimmer in the Olympics and four years before that when he won all the awards for swimming in the Olympics and four years before that when he won all the awards for swimming in the Olympics? Michael Phelps has a total of 28 medals from the Olympics, 23 of which are gold medals. And so you know how the Olympics work. When somebody gets first place, second place, third place, they get a gold, a silver, or a bronze medal, right? But a long time ago, before they ever started giving out medals as rewards for those who finished in first or second and third place, a long time ago, they used to give a wreath. They would put a wreath, a crown of leaves on your head for the person that won, the person that was victorious. So James is making a pretty big statement. He's saying, hey, do you want to win at life? Do you want the crown of life? Do you want the reward for having won at life? Friends, here's the secret to winning at life. You ready for it? You have to have perseverance. That's how you win at life. You have to be persistent during difficulties. Now you might be wondering, well, be persistent doing what? What am I supposed to be persistent in? You've got to be persistent in listening and obeying God's word. Look at what Paul says when he confronts the church in Galatia in Galatians 5, 7 through 8. He says, you were running a good race. You were running a good race, but something happened. He continues on. You were running a good race, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Friend, you are called to be a person of perseverance. You are called to be persistent during tough times, during difficult times. But our enemy does not want us to be persistent. Our enemy does not want us to trust God. Our enemy does not want us to follow through with what God wants us to follow through with. We can't listen to the lies of the enemy. We need to run our race well, look at what else Paul says in Galatians 5, 13 through 15. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Doesn't verse 15 sound like what's going on right now on social media? People are blaming this person. People are angry, causing division. People are upset. They're feuding with each other. They're voicing their venomous thoughts to each other all over the internet. Verse 15 says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroying each other. That is not the key to winning in life. You're not going to get the crown of life by causing damage to people, by hurting people, by harming people with your words or your actions. Don't be divisive. Don't be destructive to other people. Paul continues on with a whole other list that might indicate that you're not being persistent in trusting God's truth. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy and drunkenness, orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when I read these verses off, some of you might be like, well, yeah, it is obvious that these things are not of the Lord. These things aren't of God. 
sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. Some of these things might be obvious to you, but some of these things might not be obvious. For example, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Some of you might have had fits of rage. You might have jealousy. You might have dissensions and divisions and factions and envy for, for other communities or other towns, perhaps other states that are reopening faster than we are. We can't have that envy. Paul is making the point that those things don't come from God. Now, what does come from God? If we're persistent in obeying God's word and his truth, then what does come from God? How do we know if we're on a path to winning, on a path to earning the crown of life? Well, look at what Paul says in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. He says, the fruit of the spirit is love. These are things that you get when you're connected to God. The fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the characteristics that should be evident in the life of somebody who's following after God. Yet I'm amazed at how many Christians are acting vile towards one another right now, acting hateful towards one another right now. Friends, that's not what Christ is known for. That's not what Christians should be known for. What we should be known for is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that leads me to this question, friends. What are you known for? Just think back to the last few days. Think back to the last week. What are you known for? What would you be known for in your family? What would you be known for from your spouse, from your kids, from your neighbors, from the people that know you the best? What are you known for? In other words, based on just the last week, what would you win a crown for? Would you win a reward, a medal for your love or for your hate? Would you win an award for your joy or your misery, your peace or your worry, your patience or your short temper? your kindness or your meanness, your goodness or your wickedness, your faithfulness or your untrustworthiness, your gentleness or your insensitivity, your self-control or your lack of discipline. What would you win the award for based on just this last week? How you're conducting yourself, the speech that you use, the words that you use, how are you conducting yourself? Perhaps if we're honest, some of us have rotten fruit you don't have the fruit of the spirit. You have the weeds of the enemy, the weeds of the enemy that are trying to choke out what God has for you. So friends, we've got to be persistent. Persistent in what? Persistent in living in the fruit of the spirit. Now, how do you make sure that you have the fruit of the spirit coming out of your life, growing in your life? You've got to remain connected to God. Look at what Jesus says in John 15, 4. He says, remain in me and I will also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Friends, if you have been recognizing in your life, or if perhaps your friends or your kids or your spouse have been recognizing in your life rotten fruit, if things that are coming out of your mouth, coming out of your heart are not biblical, not godly, not Christ-like, maybe you've become disconnected from Jesus. Friends, you've got to reconnect to the vine. You've got to be connected to Jesus. If you remain in him, you will bear fruit. But if you're starting to recognize because of your tiredness or your weariness or your anger or your bitterness or you just being over this whole pandemic, if you're starting to recognize things that are coming out of you, out of your mouth, out of your mind, out of your heart that are not Christ-like, maybe it's because you've become disconnected from Jesus. You've got to reconnect to Jesus. If you remain in Jesus, he will remain in you and you will bear much fruit. What have you been known for in the last few days? What have you been known for in the last few weeks? 
Friends, you've got to reconnect to Jesus. When you reconnect to Jesus, what you will be known for and what other people recognize in you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not only will you have the fruit of the Spirit that other people recognize in your life because it's growing in your life, you will also win the crown of life. You will be rewarded. You will be blessed if you persevere. How do you persevere? You stay persistent by pursuing God. Connect to God during these difficult times. Be a person of perseverance. If you've become disconnected from God, you can reconnect right here and right now. Pray with me. Jesus, we come to you right now and many of us confess that we have become disconnected from you. We've been caught up in our selfishness, our selfish ambition. We've been caught up in anger and frustration and our tiredness, but we wanna come back to you and we want to reconnect to you. So Jesus, we say thank you for the fact that when we come back to you and we're connected to you, we begin to grow the fruit again. When we remain in you, you remain in us. So we ask that you come back into our hearts, into our lives, into our minds, and may we be connected to you during this time that is difficult. May we be honoring to you, even though we're tired, even though we're frustrated, even though we're over the pandemic, may we not lose sight of what you have called us to do. May we have perseverance. May we be persistent in how we connect with you. And we say this in Jesus' name, amen.